one lead with a bunch of walks and the pitcher who was supposed to be your top prospect continuing to implode and have neither of those things be the bad thing. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning, I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Penguins where you found this. Dodgers 6, Pirates 4, and yes, the Pirates had a 4-0 lead in Los Angeles. And Osvaldo Beto began walking everybody. And then Rowanzi Contreras was brought in. He began walking everybody. Oscar Marine goes out to the mound and says, dude, trust your stuff. Throw strikes. Well, he didn't have any more stuff. So he threw it for strikes, and they clobbered it all over Chavez Ravine. And within moments, it was 6-4. to four. And, 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 and there were not one but two worse things in this game. Because the Pirates loaded the bases with nobody out in the seventh inning and got nothing across the plate. And then they did the exact same thing again in the ninth. Bases loaded. Nobody out. Middle of the order due up. Henry Davis strikes out looking. Carlos Santana pops up. Jack Sawinski Strikes out, swinging over a full count pitch that was pretty much in the dirt. And if you hadn't just seen it like 15 minutes earlier, you wouldn't have believed it. If you hadn't been seeing it all summer long, you wouldn't believe it. But believe it. They just consistently throw back into my face this idea that clutch doesn't matter, that what really matters is getting a lot of people on base and that everything else is just luck. But when you see it happen again and again and again, and it's some of your best guys. Over the road trip already, we've seen Andrew McCutcheon come up empty. Brian Reynolds come up empty. Did I even mention that it was Daniel Hudson coming off a rehab stint out there on the mound for L.A.? He couldn't throw the ball anywhere near where he wanted to. Didn't matter. Everything is immune to this particular shortcoming of this baseball team. This was Derek Shelton afterward in Los Angeles. Yeah, I mean, the, the first time Reynolds hits a bullet right at Rojas and just <laughs> bad aim, and then he misses a home run in the last inning by uh, by a couple feet, it looked like, and we just didn't capitalize on the two opportunities we had late, and we had a couple good at-bats there. We just hit balls right at people. Now, here's the part that you don't want to hear, and here's the part that the converted version of me doesn't want to hear either, and that is the Pirates are actually pretty good with bases loaded. I know. Go ahead and just turn the podcast off. But in the ranks of Major League Baseball, the Pirates are 12th best with a 270 batting average when bases are loaded. They have an 801 OPS, 14th best. They're like really, really good at this, <laughs> except that they're not. And you know they're not, and I know they're not. What happens is that they'll run up the numbers against some really bad pitching occasionally. 
and when it comes to these situations, the ones where the and I'm not looking this up, okay. But whenever the game is on the line, whenever they have a chance to really do something, this is what happens. There's a turtling effect almost across the board. And if you think I'm heading toward Andy Haynes on this subject, you're going to be disappointed. Not this one. Not this one. I I could say, listen, Henry Davis is going up there and he's usually really aggressive and he shouldn't have left his bat on his shoulder looking at strike three, but it was a perfect changeup that just cut the bottom of the zone. I could say... Sawinski shouldn't have hacked at that last pitch. Maybe he should have been more patient. But then if he looks at strike three, we're saying the same things about him. And oh, by the way, Jack hit a three-run homer earlier in the game. So he's the last guy you'd be riding. Santana's had the best plate appearances of anybody in the lineup over the past three weeks. He went after the first pitch and popped it up. What's the commonality here? I don't know. I don't know. Again, I, I mean, if it's if you're talking about Rodolfo Castro, who came in to pinch hit and struck out, because that's literally all he does anymore. That, for me, is grounds to talk about the hitting coach. Because Haynes has had his hands on Castro for a couple of years now, and Castro just, he just keeps getting worse right before our eyes with every passing game. That one you put on a hitting coach. You don't do that with Kutch and Santana, and Henry hasn't been up here long enough. Nick Gonzalez had another couple of hits. There's a line that has to be crossed, as long as I'm on an intangible theme here, and I don't usually do that sort of thing. There's a line that has to be crossed to win. There's a collective will. There's a collective confidence that has to come into play for a good baseball team to pull these out. But doubly so when they're handed to you like this. The number of lineups across the majors that would have let the Dodgers off the hook in either the seventh or the ninth is really low. The number that would have let them off the hook in both the 7th and the ninth, it, it might just be one. When we come back, J1Q. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800 degree stone and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Your front door, your car, your bike, your computer, your gun. Safety is a habit. Every day you lock and secure your home and everything you want to keep safe. Gun safety and responsible storage are no different and the best way to help prevent accidents, misuse, and theft. If you have a firearm, own it, respect it, and secure it. Visit ProjectChildSafe.org. Brought to you by the National Shooting Sports Foundation and the Bureau of Justice Assistance. 
J1Q comes from Wilbert, and it's addressing my addressing Shohei Otani on yesterday's show, which might be, by the way, the first time I've ever mentioned his name in three years of putting together this program for you. But it, it got the reaction. And Wilbert asks, if the Pirates were serious, what would it take to get Otani? O'Neill Cruz, more prospects. The Giants are said to be the front runners for him. What will it cost them to do that the Pirates can't do? Is it just cash? Wilbert, I don't believe Otani's going to go anywhere. And I know that's the the blandest possible scenario that one could concoct a month away or less than a month away from the Major League Baseball trade deadline. But there's nothing in the recent past with the Angels that would suggest they're ever going to let somebody like that go. I believe Otani will stay. I believe Otani will sign a massive deal to remain in Anaheim just as Mike Trout did. And I believe from there, you're going to see some kind of either verbal or whatever else commitments to finally, finally, finally take the other positions on the diamond just as seriously. But taking you at your hypothetical best there, I'm going to go along with it and say, all right, angels put him on the market. The Pirates wouldn't be involved in this for, oh boy, (laughs) I can't even count all the reasons, but to scratch a couple of the obvious ones off the list, if you're acquiring that player, you are acquiring that player to sign him, and you're going to find a way to ensure that. You're not going to run the risk that you give up so much, and almost all of it future-based so that you can use him for a couple of months and maybe a playoff drive. By and large, that stuff doesn't really work in sports, loading up and then loading up on top of loading up, because the playoffs remain, but especially so in baseball, a crapshoot. And it's just not worth that scope of a gamble. What scope? All right, since you asked... I think it would start at O'Neill Cruz. I think they would be within their rights, the Angels would, to ask for X number, okay, three, four, five of your very top prospects. No kidding. It would just be an all-out raid. Now, if you do that, if you commit to that, and you also can sign Otani, you can make an argument for it. You know, and I know the Pirates aren't putting together a $50 million annual package for Otani to stay here for all eternity, even if he were to sell the place out every single night, even if the Pirates were winning around him. The math still doesn't work because the TV money still doesn't work because there still isn't a salary cap. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. We'll do another one of these tomorrow.